0: previously in Series 4. That's as late watching paint dry, Henry. That would be right royal entertainment, compared to this heap of tripe. I live in an afterlife that contains nothing but football, but I'm not enjoying the football. I've been starting to wonder whether Hornet Heaven is actually the right place for me. We've got an emergency down the road, and new arrivals refusing to come into Hornet Heaven. Hornet Heaven, Series 4, Episode 2, Going Backwards, Written by Ollie Wickham, Read by Colin Mace, Earth Season, 2016 (laughs) 70. Lampa a skinhead with violent tendencies, who'd become Hornet Heaven's chief steward, led Bill Mainwood and Henry Grover towards the ashen half-light of the lower reaches of Occupation Road. This was the limbo where new arrivals in Hornet Heaven materialised. Never before had a Watford fan refused to come in. The new arrivals a woman. Won't be much use as a scrapper. A woman, Lamper? Really? Was her name Gladys, by any chance? Emory your mind's wandering again. Gosh, Bill, so it is. Sorry. I'll, um. I'll start thinking up some Luton jokes in case we need them. They walked on. Soon, Through the gloom, they saw the new arrival. She was leaning against the black stadium wall, with her arms crossed in front of her 2016-17 home shirt. Henry's heart began to flutter, but this clearly wasn't Gladys Prothero. The woman in front of him was in her mid-twenties and had a very athletic figure. Good Lord! I never thought this season's dry world shirt could have such a, uh, uh, such Elan Henry, stop gulping and introduce us. what Oh, yes, uh, hello, uh, my name's Henry Grover, and this is Bill Mainwood. Welcome to Hornet Heaven. No need to bother with all that. I'm not staying. Ah, oh dear. Bill thought it would be a good idea to get the woman talking. He said, Well, it's always nice to meet another Watford fan, even briefly. At least tell us a little bit about yourself while you're here. The woman introduced herself as Kelly. She said she'd been born a supporter in 1992. She loved the Horns and was proud that Watford had become a Premier League club. But she didn't like what she was seeing this season. The terrible football on the pitch was a sign that the club's progress had stalled. A club has to keep moving forward, both on and off the pitch. But whenever Watford get the ball, it's all sideways and backwards. Or we give it a big hoof upfield that sets the game back 60 years. To be fair, Kelly, we were a lot better against West Brom tonight. A decent one-off performance won't cut it. We need the club to be on a permanent upward curve. But how do you judge it, Kelly? Standards in the Premier League are improving all the time. You need to keep getting better just to finish 17th each season. You can't call it progress if you're narrowly avoiding relegation. But we're doing more than that. We're ninth in the Premier League tonight. You can't judge it on league position. If we'd lost tonight, we'd have been 14th and staring over our shoulders. You have to look at the bigger picture to see whether the club is on the up, and it's obvious we aren't. Which means we'll be heading back down. Oh, dear. Exactly. Not being in the Premier League doesn't bear thinking about, let alone living with, for the rest of eternity. Lamper took the chance to speak up. I reckon the club is progressing. Loads of Watford fans are pissed off, so there's bound to be a bit of knuckle soon. Things are definitely getting better, if you ask me. We won't be asking you, Lamper. Now, I'll tell you what, Kelly. I appreciate your reluctant to commit to Hornet Heaven, but while you've popped in to see us, why don't you come and have a little look around? Go to an old game or two through the ancient turnstile. Maybe take one of Bill's, um, er, what do you call them, Bill? Magical history tours. No, thanks. I don't care about the olden days. The Premier League, right here, right now, is the only place to be. If Watford aren't prem, I don't want to watch at all. Bill looked at Kelly and scratched his head. His first impression of her was that she seemed very serious-minded. Briefly, he wondered if he should take her on a tour of Watford's historic comedy moments. Pierre Issa falling off his stretcher, or Barry Endine dropping his shorts because Watford were going out of the cup, or Fernando Forestieri, ploughing headfirst into a heap of snow. Then a pressing existential question occurred to him. But what will you do instead if you decide not to come into Hornet Heaven? I don't know. I suppose I'll just have to be satisfied that we survived two seasons in the Premier League for the first time ever and let my soul be... I don't know... Suspended in eternal nothingness. Bill thought this sounded rather bleak. Henry leaned in and said, Suspended in eternal nothingness, eh, Bill? There's definitely a joke about being a Luton fan somewhere there. Do you want to do the honours, or shall I? Bill felt the situation was a bit too heavy to be lightened with a Luton joke. He was about to start thinking up a plan when he was interrupted by Lamper, who got bored. Gold, hurry up and make your mind up, bird. Kelly stared at Lamper. Bird? Did you just call me Bird? Oh, don't like being called Bird, Bird. Wanna make something of it, do ya? Kelly uncrossed her arms and went over to Lamper. Nice. She wants a piece of me. Well, come and get it, bird. Ow! Not that piece of me. Ow! Right in the chutneys. As Lamper rived on the tarmac, Henry said, Golly, Kelly, you've got a lot of power in that right peg of yours. That reminded me of Matty Vidra's strike at home to Brentford in 2014. Thanks. But listen, there's really no hurry for you to decide what to do. Spend a little time with us. There's no obligation. Kelly folded her arms again. Then she shrugged and unfolded them. OK. OK. I suppose so. Then she set off up the slope, with Henry and Bill being careful to tread on Lampa's hand. Ow! Ow! A bit further up Occupation Road, Henry spotted Roy from the IT department of Hornet Heaven. ''Ah, there you are, Roy. Have you found out how to solve the lighting problem? Kelly here is just taking a look around, and it would be nice for her to see our usual eternal sunshine. The place is getting as shadowy as Lawrence Bassini's takeover.'' Roy nudged his glasses up his nose. ''Gimme a chance, Henry. I've been busy on that other project you set me. Ah, and how's that going? Not well.'' You're asking me to alter history, and the post-2013 operating system won't let me do that. But there must be a way. All I asked you to do was to stop the tannoy blaring out a particular song after the final whistle at home to Sunderland. Kelly asked, What song were they playing? That's Entertainment by The Jam. It was an affront. No one could possibly describe that Sunderland game as entertainment. Henry harumphed at the memory and let Roy continue on his way. As Henry, Bill and Kelly carried on up the slope, the two men discussed where they should take Kelly for her first game in Hornet Heaven. The mention of Sunderland got them quickly agreeing. Bill popped into the atrium and picked up three programmes for Watford Eight... Sunderland Nil on September the 25th, 1982. Henry, Bill and Kelly went through the ancient turnstile and headed to the Vicarage Road End. Kelly had never stood on an open terrace before. She discovered she loved it. Choosing where to stand made things feel much less regimented than in the Premier League. She loved the open skies above her head, too. Everything seemed more natural, less of a carefully packaged product. When the match started, Kelly watched, open-mouthed, as Watford poured forward from the kickoff. She saw fast, fearless, insistent attacking. The connection between the crowd and the team was electric, just because of the style of play. She'd seen clips of the game on YouTube before, but now she was experiencing how it actually felt to be a part of it. It was as if everyone in the stadium was plugged into the same power source. It was intoxicating in a way that watching Watford this season had never been. At half-time, with Watford 4-0 up, Kelly felt totally exhilarated but then she noticed Henry was gazing at her chest. Oi, what are you staring at? Hmm? Oh, I, I, I do beg your pardon. Enjoying a nice Eiffel, are you? Ah, sorry, it, it's just that I wasn't a fan of the lady's version of the home shirt when I saw it on a mannequin in the Hornet's shop, but in real life it's quite magnificent. Superbly... contoured. Kelly felt slightly flattered, but she wasn't going to show it. You do know this isn't real life. Absolutely. Hornet heaven is much better than real life. I mean... Think of the football you've just seen us play. Barnes and Callahan on the wings, Luther sprinting down the middle. Every time we get the ball, it's exciting. It's a far cry from volleyball. Kelly had to agree. But she knew the history of the Graham Taylor era. This only lasted a few years during the 1980s. Then we were relegated when Bassett came in. All it does is remind me what happens if a club doesn't keep building and improving. I couldn't bear it if we weren't in the Premier League. Bill thought he could help. He said, Well, if you're frightened of relegation, maybe we ought to get you to confront your fear. In a nice way, of course. Nice? How can relegation ever be nice? Oh... You never saw the 1974-75 season. It was the year we went down to Division 4. Come with us. You'll be surprised. Watford were playing Preston North End. It was the first home game of the 1974-75 league season. The Vicarage Road pitch was basking in brilliant sunshine. Kelly noticed the stadium was less advanced than in 1982. There were no seats in front of the wooden Schrodell stand. There was a dog track between the pitch and the terracing. The place had character. Character of a kind that simply wasn't allowable in the Premier League. When the match started, Bill pointed out some of the players. That's Mike Keane, the player manager. He's in Hornet Heaven, lovely man. And that little fellow is Dennis Bond, our most impish midfielder ever. Though I'd need to get Derek to confirm the statistics on that, obviously. Dennis is always a delight to watch, a beautiful footballer. He scores two goals today. Kelly watched as the Watford team passed the ball smoothly and swiftly, usually getting it out to the winger, Stuart Scullion. Scullion would receive the ball and immediately change direction. He'd lean like a motorcyclist rounding a bend at high speed, gliding smoothly past stationary defenders. Suddenly, Kelly recognised one of the Preston players that Scullion was breezing past. Wait, that's Bobby Charlton. Isn't he the best English player of all time? He is, and he can't get close to Scullion. Kelly kept watching. She couldn't take her eyes off Watford's football. This is brilliant stuff. How come we were relegated? Oh, all kinds of reasons. But looking back, I don't mind. We dropped into the bottom division, but we'll always have this football. It was gorgeous. Kelly thought this would be a lovely attitude to be able to have. Not to care about divisional status. But it was the opposite of how she'd felt in the land of the living. Premier League status had underpinned everything she valued about being a Watford fan over the last couple of years. No, this is ignoring what's happening in the present day. I can't do that. Bill said It's not ignoring the present day it's providing context If the club goes backwards in 2017 it will be a disaster The TV money has made the stakes too high Watford have to keep progressing and it's obvious we aren't because of the terrible football I can't suddenly stop worrying about that Look Thanks for trying guys But I'm sorry. The past isn't going to help me feel better about the present. I need to. I don't know what I need. Kelly turned and headed for the ancient turnstile. Henry called out. Kelly! Don't go! Sorry, Henry. It's just the way I am as a Watford fan. Henry and Bill watched Kelly go. Oh dear, Bill. Why can't she see that the club is moving forwards? Is it? Still? Of course it is, in the grand scheme of things. When I founded the club in 1881, it was just a kick-around in Cassabrie Park. Perhaps we should force Kelly to go and watch all our matches in order from the start. Then she'd see how far we've come, and realise how fast we're hurtling into the future under Gino Pozzo. We can't really force 5,000 matches on someone, but... oh, Golly, Bill. Unless I'm very much mistaken, that sounded like an idea hatching. Do tell. Bill told Henry his idea. Henry thought it was brilliant. But uh, is it actually possible? I don't know. We'll have to ask Roy from IT. Let's go and find out. Kelly stepped despondently out of the ancient turnstile onto the sunless Occupation Road. She didn't know which way to turn. She looked around. Coming down the slope was an elderly Watford fan with a moustache. He was chanting, Missouri, yeah, Missouri, yeah. Kelly had never studied ancient Watford history, so she didn't know that the man was Freddy Sargent a forward from the first two decades of the club's existence. He was a cantankerous man who spent his life and afterlife protesting against things he didn't like, from professionalism in the 1890s to Jack Petchy a century later. The latest thing he didn't like was Walter Mazzari. Kelly did recognise the man who was walking up the slope towards Freddy, though. It was Mike Keane, the player-manager from the Preston game. He looked depressed. She heard him say to Freddie Sargent, "'Less of the shouting, Freddie. "'Some of us here were sacked ourselves, from the club we love. "'Have a bit of consideration. "'All managers are rubbish. "'We didn't have them in my day. "'We didn't need them.' and this one's definitely got to go. Missouri out! Missouri out! Kelly was surprised to see antagonism between fans in Hornet Heaven. She'd always assumed that an afterlife paradise would be a place of never-ending harmony. Personally, she wasn't sure the current head coach deserved the abuse he was getting in the land of the living. But the fans' unhappiness... Was definitely more evidence, she reckoned, that the club's lack of progress was extremely hard to live with, on earth and in heaven. After the two men had passed by, Kelly took in her surroundings. On one side of Occupation Road, the stadium's new black fascia was slick and stylish. On the other side was a brick garage. She moved towards the garage and noticed that the gnarled wooden planks of its doors were wearing the peeling remnants of a coat of mint green paint. It was a look an interior designer would call shabby chic. Kelly could picture Henry Grover literally drooling over its weathered beauty. To be fair, she thought, it did look good in its own way. Just like Vicarage Road. In 1974-75, it had character. From the middle of the tarmac, she could see that the two sides of Occupation Road represented Watford old and new. She guessed that the unmodernised garage might have been built in the 1920s, while the fascia had been added in 2015 but she didn't expect the fascia to remain unchanged for the next hundred years, as the garage had done. At some point in the future, it would start to look outdated. In which case, Watford's Premier League standards would mean the black and yellow scheme would be replaced and upgraded. The club had to keep moving forwards. She stopped and thought. Would changing the black and yellow fascia really be moving forwards? It was just a veneer. Changing it would be cosmetic. Kelly frowned as a further thought occurred. Did this mean that the sign of progress she'd been hoping to see this season, better football, might only be superficial rather than an actual advance? Now her mind was whirring. Perhaps what she'd been wanting to see wasn't as fundamental as she'd thought. Perhaps there was something deeper that mattered more. Later that day, Henry Grover found Kelly still on Occupation Road. Ah, there you are. I've got something I want to show you. Henry walked her down the slope to the Bill Mainwood programme hut. Kelly looked at the scruffy red porter cabin. She reckoned it was halfway to being shabby chic, but only halfway. It was just shabby. I remember this horrible old thing. Shh, don't let Bill hear you say that. What? He's not here. How could he hear me? Henry quickly changed the subject. You see, the thing is, we've adapted the hut. A few days ago, I turned it into a confessional, but now we've refurbished it as, um... Well, in one way, it's like a fast-travelling time machine. (laughs) Ha! You mean the Bill Mainwood Programme Hut is now a TARDIS? What? What's a TARDIS? Is that something they have on Earth now? Uh, You must remember, I died in 1949. Never mind. So what have you actually turned the hut into? It's a cinema. Roy in IT has downloaded every game from behind the ancient turnstile and made a time-lapse video of all the home games at Vicarage Road, from the very first one, in 1922 onwards. It's brilliant. It takes you forward 95 years in time in just a few minutes. It means you can get an overview of Watford's progress without having to go to every single game. While Henry was explaining things to Kelly, Bill was with Roy in the IT office on an upper floor of the atrium. They were listening in to Henry and Kelly's conversation via a concealed microphone Henry was wearing. I can't believe she thinks my hut is horrible. It would make a far better TARDIS than some poxy police box. Don't worry. When she sees that your hut isn't just a normal cinema, but an IMAX cinema, she'll love it. Well, I hope you're right. And I hope your video will convince Kelly to stay on in Hornet Heaven. During her time on Earth, she only saw us progress from being a championship club to being a Premier League club. Her lifetime was just a snapshot. The club's true growth over the years has been much more far-reaching, and now she's going to witness the whole of it. I hope it changes her perspective. Shush! I can hear her going into the hut. It's nearly time to start the video. Do you want to press the play button, or shall I? Down in the hut, Kelly stood in the exact middle of the floor. Henry explained. "'It'll feel as if you're standing in the centre circle "'as the video plays on all four walls around you. "'Magnificent walls they are, too, actually. "'Vinyl-faced plasterboard with a wipe-clean finish. "'Quite sumptuous!' "'Kelly giggled. "'Henry refocused his attention on the matter at hand. "'Yes, uh, well, anyway... What you know as the Rookery End will be on that wall in front of you, and the Vicarage Road End will be behind you. The place will look very different to start with. Henry left the hut, and Kelly tried to imagine what she was about to see. She couldn't visualise the stadium in 1922, but she assumed that the video would show various stands going up as Vicarage Road became an all-seater Premier League stadium. Not long ago, she'd seen an excellent time-lapse video of the Sir Elton John stand being built over the course of a few months. She reckoned a similar video, over 95 years, would be pretty amazing. Up in the IT office, Bill pressed the button to play the video. There we go. Perfect! Everything's gone to plan. Yep, it's all... Hang on. What have you done? I pressed the button you told me to press. Oh no, that isn't right. What? What's wrong? I don't know how this is happening. What's happening? Tell me, what's happening? The time-lapse video is playing backwards. It's starting in 2017. It'll end up in 1922 when Bickeridge Road was a recently converted gravel pit. Oh golly, this is a disaster. It's showing her the opposite of progress. Bill rushed out of the IT office as fast as he could. Kelly stood in the hut and watched as the Sir John stand was unbuilt and a derelict east stand rose from the ground. It wasn't pretty. But things started to look better when a roof appeared on the east stand. The old thing, in its day, definitely had personality, she thought. Before long the rookery and vicarage road stands vanished. At the Vicarage Road End a vast sweep of terracing appeared. Then the rouse stand sank into the ground, and a small yellow Schroedell stand arose in its place. Kelly loved its unsophisticated charm. The video was moving fast. It was a lot for Kelly to take in, this unpeeling of the Vicarage Road she knew. But she liked it. It reminded her of the time, back on Earth, that she'd been stripping wallpaper and found some amazing old fabric on the walls underneath. This felt the same, as if valuable hidden treasure was being revealed. The video came to an end and she turned 360 degrees on the spot, taking in what Vicarage Road was like in 1922. Earth banking, small boxy stands, telegraph poles, trees. It definitely wasn't Premier League. It was beautiful. On Occupation Road, Bill ran down the slope towards the hut. Oh dear, oh dear. He looked ahead and saw Henry. He called out. It's all gone terribly, terribly wrong. We've shown her Watford going backwards. He arrived at the hut, scarcely able to breathe. He bent forward with a hand on Henry's shoulder for support and tried to gasp some air into his lungs. When he looked up, he saw Kelly emerging from the hut. She was grinning. That was amazing. Bill was stunned. What? Really? Totally. I loved it. By stripping everything back to 1922, you showed me how much soul Vicarage Road has. How much soul the club has. It was all there, beneath everything I thought was the important stuff. Thank you. Oh, well, um, you're very welcome. Goodness me, Bill. Well done. Um, thank you, Henry. Quite a masterstroke in the end. In fact, Bill, do you know what? I'd rather like to see this video myself. Given what I was saying when we were using the hut as a confessional, I think i probably rather need it. Good idea. Me too. Through his microphone, Henry asked Roy to play the video backwards again and the two men went inside the hut. Kelly hurried in behind them to watch the video again. Not only had it persuaded her to continue being a Watford fan for the rest of eternity, but it was the most watchable thing she'd seen at Vickery's Road since Manchester United at home back in September. <laughs> Over the next few weeks, Kelly went back to watch old Watford games all day, every day. Meanwhile, the 2017 team went back to playing unimaginative and uninspired football. They lost four of their next five matches, scoring only one goal. During that time, the backwards time-lapse video proved hugely popular there was always a huge queue at the door of the hut. In the subdued light, the queue snaked up Occupation Road, past the barely used ancient turnstile, all the way to the atrium. Bill and Henry attributed the video's success to the fact that it was the only new footage in Hornet Heaven that made you feel good. On May the 12th, the programme for the away game at Everton came in. As Henry and Bill walked down Occupation Road on their way to the match, they saw that people were choosing to queue for repeat viewings of the video rather than going to an actual Watford game. Bill said, Well, I suppose it tells us something about supporting a football team. Retracing your steps to the beginning can make you feel a lot happier about where you've got to so far. Absolutely, Bill. It definitely worked for Kelly. You know, it still feels good that she deliberately chose to remain a Watford fan for the rest of eternity, come what may. It definitely put an end to my own doubts. Suddenly, they heard a shout behind them. Oi, you two. Henry and Bill turned round. It was Lamper again. Blinking flip. It's one crisis after a bleeding other. First the newbie didn't want to come in. Now there's a bloke who's been here for years who wants to quit all it Evan. He wants to end it all. end of episode two the story continues in series four episode three a world without beauty hornet heaven was created and written by watford fan ollie Wickham. it was read by watford fan colin mace it was produced by watford fan john mooney music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken.